is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. And I'm Mike Simpson. Big news today, CDC changing the mask guidelines. Great news if you're fully vaccinated and you want to get back to pre-pandemic normal. It now says the fully vaccinated can stop wearing masks, uh, even in crowds, says they can stop wearing masks in most indoor settings. Still exceptions, though, in buses, planes, other places. Uh, but it's a major change. But it raises thorny legal issues surrounding trying to figure out who's vaccinated and who isn't. Imagine becoming a millionaire just by getting a shot. It's going to happen to a few people in Ohio. Let's start with the CDC guidance. Dr. Eric Toner is an emergency medicine physician and a senior scientist at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Doctor, so if you are fully vaccinated, are you good to go without a mask in most cases? Yes, that's what they're saying. They're saying that uh, if you're fully vaccinated, that you can do most anything except uh, travel on airplanes, buses, or trains without a mask. Surprising to you? Or, hey, vaccines, they work, and these ones work exceptionally well, so here we are. Well, uh, yes to both those questions. The vaccines do work exceptionally well, um, but I am surprised that this is coming as quickly as it has. It's just been a few weeks since we've started to see another decline in the number of cases. I, I think it's probably a few weeks too early to uh, tell everybody they can take their masks off. Now, of course, one of the rationales previously, as you know, for even vaccinated people wearing masks in public was to protect the unvaccinated from potentially getting infected. But the uh, the head of the CDC at that news conference this morning was asked about that. And while denying that this was a politically based decision, she insisted that there was new evidence uh, as recently as only a week or so ago, she says, that shows it is highly unlikely for a fully vaccinated person to have enough viral load to transmit COVID to an unvaccinated person. Does that sound true to you? Yes, it does. Um, We've been seeing evidence of this for for months now that um, the the viral loads in people who are vaccinated are are quite low, and therefore the chance that they could transmit the virus is is quite low. And and what Dr. Walensky was pointing out was new studies that that document this, that people who are vaccinated um, seem very rarely to transmit the disease to other people. So um, I think it is true. This is Dr. Eric Toner, internist, emergency medicine physician, senior scientist, Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Now that the CDC is changing its guidance for indoor masks, is there a way for businesses to possibly check if they want to allow vaccinated people to remove their masks? We suppose they could require some kind of proof. Identifying the vaccinated, the unvaccinated raises interesting legal questions. Dorit Rice is a professor at the UC Hastings School of Law, focuses on health law and policy. So can a business dig in its heels, require masks, even though the CDC says, hey, they're not needed for the fully vaccinated? To some degree. Remember, business can set up their own rules. In theory, business can say you can only come in if you're wearing a blue shirt. So they can't say we only accept people with masks, vaccinated or not, regardless of the guidance. 
However, there'll be a lot of pressure on them to move away from that, given the new guidance. And as you're saying, a big problem here will be practically identifying who's vaccinated or not. Yeah. So am I going to have to show my card or my mobile app that says I'm vaccinated? Or, you know, it may be just be easier at this point. If I'm going to go into Starbucks, then stick with the mask rule because I don't want to have to flash my phone every time I want the coffee. That's a great point. It might be easier both for the establishment and for anyone coming in to keep the mask requirement until the levels of vaccination in that locality reach a certain height. Let's talk, though, about um, litigation, because, as you know, teaching law. <laughs> we are a litigious yeah, society. Yeah, we're a country that just loves you know, courtrooms. Um, so to go back to your uh, point, so a business can say, uh, you know, I think you said uh, only people with blue shirts, right, can can come in. So only people uh, with masks can come in, says the business. Now the person wanting to come in says, well, what do you base that on? The federal government, the president of the United States says, I don't need to because I'm fully vaccinated. You are now discriminating against me. Grounds for a lawsuit? Not really. Here is where there's a big difference between government and private actors. And even for government, the chances of a lawsuit are limited. Private actors don't owe you equal treatment, with some exceptions that don't uh, apply here. Uh, they can decide who comes in and who doesn't. That It's their right to set the rules for their establishment. The exceptions are from the American with Disabilities Act for people with medical conditions, or uh, for some businesses, but not others, under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, based on race, religion, uh, and a couple of other criteria. But just distinguishing between uh, mask wearers and not mask wearers doesn't violate those. I guess there's there's what you can do, and then there's what people are going to try to do anyways. I mean, what if it's what if it's my company and I work there, right? And I'm in the call center or something, and I know that the people in the cubicles near me are all vaccinated. So I'm saying, you guys, let's take them off. And then my boss says, no, 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 we have the rules here. Can I push back on that? Not really. So you're saying sometimes the workplace rule won't make any more sense. If most of us are vaccinated, why impose a mask work rule? But here, the rights of the employer to set workplace conditions do matter. And the workplace condition rules won't always be perfectly rational. You as the employee can lobby the management. You can use one of a few exceptions, such as points to an acknowledged medical condition that prevents following the work rule and ask for an accommodation or point to a religious objection to the work rule. But you can't tell your employer, I don't like the work rule. I think it doesn't make sense. Just because of that, I can ignore it. Okay, so now let's turn it up a notch. The uh, potential employer says to the potential employee, um, if you come to work here, we are now maskless because the CD says so if you're vaccinated, yeah. but you need to show us, prove to us that you are or we are not hiring you. So employers can require proof of vaccination. The, uh, I, I will say that this is a matter of state law and that some states have proposed laws prohibiting employers from requiring vaccines. But without such a law, employer can say we're setting health and safety conditions. We're allowing people to take the mask off because we want high vaccination rates. You have to be vaccinated before you come in. There are, again, a couple of exceptions. If the employee has a medical reason not to vaccinate, the employer may have to give them an accommodation under the American with Disabilities Act. If the employee has a sincere religious objection to a vaccine, 
the employer may have to accommodate them under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. In both cases, however, you don't necessarily have to treat the employee exactly the same. You may be able to take steps to reduce the risk, such as imposing on them additional testing requirements or saying you, if you have a legitimate exemption, do have to be masked. Dorit Rice, professor at the UC Hastings School of Law, focuses on health law and policy. Thanks. Coming up after this short break, some people will get rich after getting vaccinated. Ohio is raising the vaccination incentive game to a whole new level. It'll give away $1 million each to five vaccinated adults in a lottery. And then if you're under 17, you get your name thrown into a lottery to win free tuition. It's a full-ride scholarship in an Ohio State school. Arthur Kaplan, founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU's School of Medicine. So, doctor, um, fun idea? <laughs> By the way, let's not forget the private sector donut initiative. Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, yes. The much-debated Krispy Kreme. Yes, that's right. right. Right, which I'm for. And the answer is, I think, ethically, it's all good. I don't see any problem with having fun with it. I don't see any problem trying to overcome hesitancy with uh, even big rewards like a lottery uh, or free tuition. Um, I think the little rewards, you know, uh, the free drink, I'm not sure how well that does. If you had free drink and get vaccinated on the site, that might do better um, in terms of getting, you know, behavior to change. But yeah, I think there are some are already screaming, this is not the right use of government money, but uh, I don't see it. I think it's a very good use. Do, do you know whether in the past we've done things like that for things like I don't know, polio vaccinations or smallpox? Did we have to sweeten the pot, so to speak, to get people to get vaccinated for their own good and the community's own good? We didn't. So with polio, it was mainly a campaign that terrified parents that their kids were going to get paralyzed a lot of focus on harm to children that really got people moving rather than people saying, you know, I don't need it. It's a hoax. Or if I'm going to die, so be it. Some of our adults sometimes sound that way. Uh, No, we've never done anything like this uh, that I'm aware of. So is it just a different reality we live in these days? I mean, there are plenty of people who got sufficiently terrified to go and get their vaccine, but others who, you know, are not. Well, you know, we just had an announcement that the CDC is going to get rid of outdoor masking requirements and a lot of indoor uh, masking recommendations. That's all due to vaccination. For people out there who don't think that vaccines make a difference, they are the road to uh, opening things up, getting back to school. But we still got to make sure that we get the last group in to get to maximum immunity. So the 20, 30 percent who are still hesitating, we got to win them over. I'm sad to think that we got to do it with bribes and gifts and lotteries. I wish they'd just do it out of common sense. But you know what? I'll take it any way I can get it. The more we do it, the more we're going to be able to get some semblance of normal back. But I do wonder what it says about us, or at least some of us, that we need these uh, extra incentives for our own good and for the good of our yeah. friends and family and and uh, uh and especially since historically we have not as you just said done this before what's changed fundamentally about us yeah, a couple of things first polio smallpox they were never political they were just diseases and people didn't say well if you get vaccinated <clears throat> i guess you're not a real uh conservative or 
if you don't get vaccinated, I guess you, uh, you know, you're in the party that I want to belong to. This link to politics that came about really in the Trump administration has just polarized the topic of vaccination. Nothing like that ever before. And I think there's a group of us who are also a little less community minded, a little less. I'm going to help my neighbor. I'm going to help out uh, the folks down the road, the people who are vulnerable. Now it's a little bit more I'm going to look out for myself. Add that into social media, which we didn't have prior to this with any of these other big epidemics spreading all kinds of nonsense about vaccines. Yeah, that makes our circumstances different. I think we we talked maybe even with you about that before the you know the messaging early on you got to protect everybody else and which is great if you think that way but a lot of us are just selfish so as soon as you tell us no it's about protecting you oh yeah I'm more I'm more <laughs> apt to fall into that because I understand well, that I'm, one I'm, I'm ashamed to think uh, somebody's going to say well really it's about my free beer yeah that'll that'll get me moving <laughs> well I was thinking um, the waste of money thing I mean. How much do ad campaigns cost for like billboards and commercials and PSAs from health department? You could spend millions of dollars on that or you can give away a million dollars five times and a whole bunch of people in Ohio hopefully race to get vaccinated. Exactly. And, you know, again, the cost of not vaccinating in terms of schools getting shut down, if uh, more uh, outbreaks occur there, nursing homes getting shut down if staff don't vaccinate, it's just an off the wall cost. So, yeah, all right, throw some money into the lottery and so forth. Look, maybe we won't be arguing about all this by the fall because then the vaccines will be fully licensed. And we may actually start to see some mandates or requirements to get into places or to work. Arthur Kaplan there, founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics, NYU's School of Medicine. Arthur, thanks. Debate is growing about whether we will need to get yearly COVID booster shots or new vaccines to deal with the variants. More than a dozen influential infectious disease and vaccine development experts interviewed by Reuters say there is growing evidence that a first round of global vaccinations may offer enduring protection against the coronavirus and its most worrisome variants, discovered to date anyway. Some of these scientists expressed concern that public expectations around COVID-19 boosters are being set by pharmaceutical executives rather than health specialists. But many agreed that preparing for such a need as a precaution is prudent. You can find this Odyssey original on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.